Welcome to Mentality Meets, conversations that explore mental health stories and strategies to help leaders like you change the culture of mental health in your workplace. I'm Peter Larkham, and today we're talking with Matthew Loins, a Movember champion and mental health advocate. 15 years Matthew has lived with anxiety. 15 years! And today he talks about what living with anxiety can look like and how he's learned to accept his whole self and that anxiety is a part of who he is. We're also encouraged to talk with people around us and get the help we need. So here's my conversation with Matthew Loins. So Matt, I'd like you to just take a moment and introduce yourselves to us for today. So who are you and why are we talking on Mentality Meets? So I'm Matt Loins. I've lived with anxiety for at least 15 years, and it's one of those things where I try these days not to let it define me and accept it and embrace it as part of who I am. It's a difficult thing to try and explain where you're coming from with anxiety, but it's this whole thing of just having a moment of just not being sure, of an inner voice, if you like saying you don't want to do this so if you think about sort of the film um inside out and you've got all those little characters inside somebody just shouting and anxiety is like one of those people that is sort of screaming at the top of its voice going you can't do that you're gonna cause somebody a injury somebody's gonna die you're you're gonna kill us you're gonna end up with not and it's that whole thing of just saying okay right i'm gonna listen to you i'm gonna embrace you and i'm going to sort of say okay let's just walk through this and let's go what's the worst that can happen you know it can't be that somebody is it can't be that somebody potentially is going to be killed by what you do but this is it's it's trying to sort of get alignment and sort of pull yourself back from that edge and for me it's about conversations it's about being able to talk to somebody and actually say look, I've got a bit of a concern here. I'm not sure we can do this. And and it's one of the reasons that I work as a community ambassador for the Movember charity uh, to help get that message across to men because men traditionally just don't talk. We, we are atrocious at it. We don't talk about how we feel. We're very much focused on we can we can fix this. There is how we're going to fix it. We're going to do this. We're going to do the number two. Then we're going to do this. And then it will all be fixed and everything will be fine. And it's like your emotions and your anxiety is not like that. It's about trying to embrace. I think it's trying to embrace it as a, as a part of who you are. In essence, kind of what we're talking about there is uh, if you've not seen the video of Inside Out, can I just encourage you, go, go and watch it. It's an amazing uh, Pixar animated film. It shows all the different emotions of anger and worry and uh, joy and all these different emotions that are in control of the, the main character in the film and how they interact with each other. And just the idea of that anxiety voice or the anxiety character being the loudest character in your head and kind of with all those uh, worries and concerns going on. Brilliant. Now, Matt, talking about anxiety um, and anxiety disorders, the the kind of bio that you sent through said that you've been living with this for about 15 years. This has been a, a big part of your life. Um, can you talk us through how 
what you've experienced isn't just anxiety because we all experience anxiety but this is this is more isn't it uh can you just give us a little bit of an insight and understanding as to how and why yeah i mean anxiety is part of everybody's life it's that fight or flight situation it's that point that you go am i really sure that's a good idea to do that and but it's but for most people it there's a level of sort of control there that you feel that you understand it you make a assessment of the risks and then you move on with it you don't dwell on it in a lot of cases for me the anxiety is something you can dwell on it can it can swell within you and it can just become much larger than than the original issue that was there but that's just the anxiety content i mean and it's that thing of you're just constantly going through your head and go well this and you're almost doing like the worst case worst case scenario planning almost you're going well if i do this this will happen and then this will happen and it's like overthinking what you're doing and constantly just going there and almost in some cases second guessing what could and would and should happen in your in your own mind that sounds exhausting is that not exhausting like the whole time to to go through that second guessing that constant assessment and evaluation and when we do the training when i when i do the the mental health training i say that anxiety becomes an anxiety disorder when it is more severe when it is lasting longer and when it begins to interfere with your life because when is anxiety anxiety but when does it when does it take over how does it impact on us in our pre-chat you were talking about there kind of being a, a situation where it it kind of kicked off but I want to ask, would you have said before your 15 years of kind of living through this, that you were a, an anxious person? Were you of a, a naturally anxious disposition that's always been there for your entire life? Or was it a click situation, something happened, and then you started to experience the anxiety disorders? I mean, the anxiety has always been there. And it's that it's in old money, it's that thing of saying that somebody's highly strung. It's that thing of, is that person, that person's highly strung there? They're stressed out about what's going on in life. It's the self-realization that it is actually full-blown anxiety, for want of a better term, that it's you've got it there as an underlying issue. It's that thing of potentially taking things too seriously. So, for example, when my father went away when I was seven, he basically said to me, right, I'm going away for three months. You're the man of the house. I took it seriously. And it's that whole thing of, that iterative process and going, I'm now the man of the house. I have to make sure that my my sister's okay and my mum's okay and I have to make sure that everybody in the house is okay. But you lose yourself in that. And you don't. I didn't see it as anxiety at the time, but that level of seriousness and responsibility drives a level of anxiety that you just becomes your norm. So what? for you kind of got it to a place where you began to become aware that it was taking over so the anxiety was coming more of a problem for you was there uh yeah just kind of talk us through that yeah i mean i mean the, the trigger for me when i look back at it now was my my dad's diagnosis with cancer and again it was that whole thing of almost leading back to my childhood of going i'm going to take care of my parents you know they spent years growing me and 
feeding me and making sure my, I'm educated. So this is my opportunity to look after them and make sure that they are okay and they don't have to worry about it so that my father could focus on getting better. But again, it's that le- that sort of triggered it, but it, I didn't really notice it for sort of two or three years. It sort of, it was a gradual change and I sort of stepped away from everybody in my life and just focused on work. So I was, I became focused on what I had to do in that moment to make best use and best time of what I had available. Now, my, my dad's perfectly okay. Well, he's, he's okay. So from my point of view, it was well worthwhile, but it did trigger sort of an escalation for me of anxiety and anxiety triggers. What I'm hearing is that it's been there in the underlying element anyway so there's always been this kind of part of who you are that is potentially more anxious slightly more anxious uh than what people may say normal is whatever normal is um we don't know but for you there was just this kind of constant fairly ongoing rippling process going and then a significant life event happened um which just kind of took you to a place of hang on I need to be that little bit more aware of the situation I need to be a little bit more uh, in tune of what other people's needs are but in the process of doing that it began to click in this background nature of anxiety that kind of almost heightened it, it itself to a place of becoming uncomfortable or negative in your life um so with that kind of kicking off what what helped what what actually kind of got you to a place of uh, acknowledging it, but then also being able to still function on a day by day? Because I kind of think, does it stop you from functioning? This is this is all the language that <laughs> is out there, isn't there? It's like, oh, Ooh. if you've got an anxiety disorder, then you, you, you can't be well and therefore you can only have bad day. And I just want to begin to explore this with you as somebody who's experienced it firsthand. You're right. Anxiety will give you bad days, but it's very nature. It's, you know, life is is a river it ebbs and flows it changes over time your perception changes of where you're heading but for me it was having a conversation it was as simple as you and I talking in my case it was a friend who just sort of noticed something was going on and pulled me out of it and this is one of the critical things in what I'm doing now is when when with some of the covid content there has been there's been sort of studies saying that 84% of men find it helpful to talk through problems. And for me, I'm one of those 84% of men. I found it helpful to talk through the issues I was having at the time. I found it helpful to have somebody there that was just there, wasn't judging me, was just there to listen, go out, have a laugh, you know, start reintegrating into the world. But again, it's that thing of, as men, as I've said before, we're not really very good at doing this. But the research I've seen basically says that like 45% of men have had nobody ask them how, how they're coping during, during the COVID lockdown. And it's that whole thing of, yeah, 84% of us want to talk, but 45% of us have had nobody ask us how we're doing. And it's, and that happens all the time. You know, that's, it's not just COVID, but COVID has, as um, I don't know what it is, it, the COVID has sort of exacerbated that issue. It's it's heightened that change, and I've noticed the change myself. It's even for me 
living with anxiety and trying to embrace it and and accept it as part of our being, there has been sort of a heightened level of anxiety because you have so many different things happening in your life. It's that communication point that's really important. I think all of us can say that our world shifted eight months ago. I can think all of us can acknowledge that in that process through March, April, possibly even into May, our levels of anxiety increased. Our sense of worry increased, our sense of doubt increased, our sense of fear increased, uncertainty increased. And I don't think you're alone in that. And what I think is really important is that acknowledgement that we all experience anxiety. You know, it is a normal, natural, useful, helpful, healthy experience to have. But it's also being aware of when it begins to shut you down from the person that you would class as the normal you. And I think kind of what you, you just said is about a friend noticing. I want to tell you about a video course I made called Mentality. It's a one-hour mental health video course delivered by me. It gives you the need-to-know essentials to spot the signs of poor mental health and take action. So here's what other people have said about it. Maria said, I was surprised how it made me think about myself and even my friends and family. Patients' feedback said, mentality is eye-opening. It helps you support someone to get the help they need, perhaps potentially saving their life. James's response says, it was the best course I've been on. I had the attention span of a gnat and I was gripped for the whole time. You see, poor mental health is devastating so many people all over the world. And yet, despite a general recognition that there's a problem, very few people know what to do. We miss the signs of poor mental health or if we see someone struggling, we don't know what to do. And that's where mentality steps in. It's the need to know essentials on how to spot the warning signs and take appropriate action to respond. All packaged together in a digestible one hour video training course for your workforce. It's designed for everyone because every person, whoever you are, can be affected. To access mentality, simply visit www.mentality.work. That's www.mentality.work. Click on enroll, add your details and enjoy. Mentality. Spot the signs and take action. Now, Matt, I just want to shift gear a little bit. And the shifting gear is to basically highlight what you've got going on in the background of your room and what you do uh, in the context of Movember. And at the risk of embarrassing myself, in my head, Movember is all about prostate cancer and raising awareness of prostate cancer. And I'm pretty sure you're going to shoot me down and say that it is so, so much more than that. So can you just give us a little bit of an explanation as to what's going on in the room behind you? Yeah, I I mean, basically, I've done Movember for 12 years. So as you say, most people know Movember as the charity where guys grow mustaches and they support prostate cancer. But again, Movember is not just about prostate cancer. It's about prostate testicular, but also suicide prevention and mental health and well-being. So they, so a lot of the stuff that I've done over the last sort of five years is doing sort of 5k runs. Cause this is this whole thing, as you say, of getting out and doing a run, even if you takes you an hour to do it, 
you're getting outside, you're doing some physical exercise, you're helping your own mental health, you know, physical exercise helps your mental exercise for want of a better term in terms of getting out there. So I sort of coordinate for my company globally. So I sort of get, I talk to guys all over the world about mental health. I do talks, I organize with our, our health centers and all the rest of it. But again, it's that whole thing of, starting a conversation exactly like this it's this whole thing of saying we need to have a conversation about mental health we need to make it normal we need to get guys talking and when you and when you look at the stats it's scary i mean it's like three out of four suicides are men i am from my point of view i've never had suicidal thoughts my my issue is pretty around anxiety but again for me it gave me a purpose sort of 10 years, 10, 12 years ago when I joined it, it gave me that purpose to sort of say, I can help people. I can have a purpose. I can focus on something. Now, again, having a focus with anxiety helps me. So having something to focus on and, and, and an aim to get to is really helpful for me. Having a team around me that helps me, or gives me the flexibility to deliver that is really important. And but again, it's that whole thing of saying, yeah, anxiety, everybody has it. But then it's, I think as you and I discussed, we were discussing before, there are other aspects of anxiety. So there's panic attacks. And a panic attack is something completely different. It's, it's a physical manifestation. It's something you cannot control. It's like your body just goes into overdrive and your heart's beating out of your chest and you're, sweating profusely and you and you sometimes get the shakes and it's just you can't quite get over it but again for me at least having a conversation with somebody or somebody having a conversation with me during those panic attacks can really be powerful in sort of reducing it and lowering lowering it so it becomes a becomes manageable and i can carry on and then i can revisit it and work out why I had it and understand it. So it's, it's all about conversation for me. And that's what I've been trying to do since I've started doing November 12 years ago. And then I took, I, I started a role four years ago as a community ambassador. So I go out and I talk to schools. I talk to companies. I talk to individuals. I promote within executives fields and loads of different areas my my role allows me a lot of scope a lot of what i deliver now is about culture it's about making a culture stronger and for me your mental health is part of that culture without a strong mental health underpinning what you're trying to deliver you really can struggle but with that underpinning you can make a real difference you can change people's lives in the conversation around mental health, one of the best ways to kind of beat the stigma about it is to share your example first. Go first. Set the tone. You know, somebody close to you, you know, I'm really struggling at the moment because I have this going on. When we open up from ourselves, it allows other people to share their stories too. So we have covered a whole heap of stuff. We've talked about inside out and we talked about the anxious character just shouting in your ear all the time. We talked about uh, it being there in the background, 
just this part of my part of your persona uh, of the anxiety side of things, which is just there and has been there the whole time. And it isn't something that has overtaken you. It is something that is a part of you. Uh, and one of the phrases that you used in the in the pre-chat, Matt, um, was about embracing your anxiety, acknowledging that actually this is a part of who you are. It's not something to be afraid of, ashamed of or scared of. But it is something to understand, to embrace and to love. <laughs> love that. And in the context of all of this, Matt, as we walk away from this mentality mix today, what is the one thing or two things that you really want our audience to remember and to take away from this session? From my point of view, it is exactly that, Peter. It's about embracing your anxiety, you know, take it on as being part of you don't be ashamed of it you know have that conversation get you know talk it out you know it's that whole thing of i think there's always a there's a quote out there um about your mind is a galaxy you know it's full of darkness but you have to travel through the darkness to reach the stars to, to find that light and it's and it's trying to hold on to that all the time and say i can see the star in the distance that's where i want to be it's having a focus of goal, a focus of purpose to try and make that journey, if you like, through your life or through that galaxy of your mind. And that was Matt. Would you feel happy embracing your anxiety? Now, we've got to remember our mental health is a part of who we are. Don't be afraid of it and don't be ashamed of it. But we do need to learn to love it. So next week, we're talking with Lauren Silver, who wants us to celebrate the power and joy of rage. We'll ask the questions, what triggers our anger and what a healthy relationship with rage can look like? Please also remember, leave us a review on the podcast as it really helps us get the word out. And thanks again for listening to Mentality Meets, conversations that explore mental health stories and strategies to help leaders like you change the culture of mental health in your workplace.